This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. In this episode, we wanted to get into a bit of an overview of the Italian government and political system just because on the 25th of this month, uh, September 2022, there are supposed to be some elections coming up and the way that things work in Italy is a bit different than what you might expect, especially in the US or some other different countries. Uh, the system, the way it f- is formed, the who you vote for, how you vote, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit different than uh, where you may come from. So just in general, I guess, Marco, when describing the national government so that people can get an idea of how it's formed. How are things put together on the national scale? I believe the very first aspect that needs to be clarified is that on the 25th, the Italian citizens are going to be called to vote for the parliament. So the people that will become part of the chambers of deputies and the Senate, which are the two houses that the Italian parliament is made of, rather than voting directly for the government. So people are not going to be choosing the government directly because this is how it works in Italy. You can only vote the political party that you like. And of course, the party that will receive more votes is the one that is likely to be able to form a coalition. So a to get together with other parties to form a coalition which is able to create a government and normally the head of the party that receives the highest number of votes is going to be the new head of the government but of course that's not chosen like we just said by the population rather it's chosen by the italian president of the republic so the president of the republic after the elections, after the fact, will nominate a person within the coalition um, that receives the highest number of votes. And normally that's the person who is the leader of the, the party that receives the highest amount of votes. And that person will have the task that they can accept or not to try to form a new government. So to start talking with uh, the allies of his or her party to try to determine who's going to do what. So we have a leader of the coalition who's likely going to be the prime minister, and then they have to decide who the other members of the government will be. So which in, in Italy, they're called ministries. I mean, who will be the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, of Internal Affairs, um, and, and so on. And like I said, you don't vote directly for the government and you can't even choose who the head of the government will be but in Italy that's chosen by the president of the republic based on what the situation is after the elections 
And so just one other thing that's really interesting about the differences, because what you were mentioning before is that you, in Italy, we vote for the, the, the party, not necessarily the person who's running the party. Although I guess you could also say that during the election season and during the campaigning, the leader of the party will be very much at the forefront of the effort of everything going on. It's not like there's some random person in the background. Although I remember a friend of mine once telling me who is uh, a member of one of these parties who was part of his local government uh, mentioned that theoretically the way that it works under Italian law and even within the, 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 the parties is that even the person who's the face of the party, who's the head of the party and all of this, theoretically at the last second, the party could decide to choose somebody else at random that that maybe you've never even heard of before. But generally speaking, that doesn't happen, but could be possible. But the other thing that's also really interesting, I think about how things work in Italy, uh, not just about the, the, the who you vote for, how you vote for them, but how many parties there are to choose from. Generally speaking in the States, there's really two parties. Um, theoretically a third, but really it's only the, the main two parties and really have a, a large voice within the nation. But in Italy, that's not necessarily the case. Um, how does that work more or less? How many is there a minimum of how many parties there have to be or is there a maximum or can there just be like an unlimited amount of parties registered within the nation? There isn't really a limit in terms of how many political parties there can be in Italy. And as a matter of fact, the Italian Constitution, Article 49, uh, states that anybody can decide to form a new political party that can be elected in the parliament. However, there is a limit in terms of how many votes you need to receive in order to qualify to even become part of the parliament. So if you receive a number of votes that is, that is lower than a certain amount, you don't even qualify to become a member of the parliament. So that's the limit. But at the end of the day, anybody in Italy can form any political party and uh, grow it and be included in the political landscape. Interesting. Very interesting. I guess that makes sense also just because um, the, the five star movement, the the Cinque Stelle, they were started basically by somebody I believe who was a convicted felon. I mean, is a the very least a comedian. I don't know about the the felon part, but I, I believe that's why he technically can't lead the party. Um, some sort of some sort of legal reason why he can't. But the person who started the party started it because they were just kind of fed up with everything and they wanted to see uh, a new direction, a new party with new faces and not necessarily the same faces from the same parties that had been seen for a while. Um, again, this is not an endorsement or any sort of um, saying that you should vote or not vote for any parties, but this is just kind of uh, an idea of what exists in the nation. But uh, also I remember hearing about uh, some very localized uh, parties that exist within the country that, I mean, for example, when I lived in Alto Adige, there are regional parties that technically do have a voice on the national scale, but because it's such a small party, they'll never get enough votes to reach the parliament, uh, but they end up aligning roughly with other parties, even if maybe in local elections, they'll debate each other. <laughs> but it's super interesting to hear about the government and how things are roughly formed and how they work. But then if, for example, somebody does get their ballot in the mail and they would like to vote from abroad, how is it that they actually go about doing that? 
So, of course, if you are an Italian citizen, no matter if you were born in Italy, uh, you, you have the right to vote for the national elections, and that includes the uh, hundreds and thousands of people that are recognized as Italian citizens through descent, so retroactively since birth, as well as all of the other people that have obtained citizenship through marriage or through naturalization. Um, the point is, if you reside abroad for longer than 12 months, you are supposed to register with the IDA. And only if you are correctly registered with the IDA, you have the ability to express your vote from abroad. And we've talked about the registration with the IDA in other episodes. Uh, the IDA is a special registry held by the consulate together with the municipality of last residency in Italy, so the, the place where the person was residing in Italy prior to moving to uh, the foreign country, or for people who got Italian citizenship by descent, uh, the IDA registry is held jointly by the, the consulate and the municipality of birth of the ancestor. And the procedure to register with the IDA is quite straightforward. You can do so now online through a website made available by the Italian government and instructions will be on the website of the consulate or you can do it by mail. But you have to be sure to be correctly registered with the IRE and to and that your address on file with the consulate is up to date so that the consulate can send you the ballot to cast your vote. And there is a specific deadline for you to return the ballot and if you haven't received the ballot in the mail by September the 11th, so 14 days before the elections, you can request a duplicate uh, to the consulate and you can even visit the consulate in person to request a duplicate. And you have to make sure that the consulate receives the ballot with your vote by the Thursday uh, preceding the election day by 4 p.m. Only in that situation your uh, ballot will be mailed to Italy in time for the elections. Interesting. Thank you for explaining that. And then also, what if, for example, somebody wants to vote in Italy? Maybe they're living in Italy or uh, what about a person actually who's living abroad? Can they actually go and vote in Italy? So the thing is, if you reside abroad, you have the ability to vote through the mail if you're registered with the IRE. If you are uh, registered as a resident in Italy, you can vote in person by visiting the local um, office that is the one that has been designated as the place where people can go and vote in person. Uh, but even if you're registered with the IRE and you want to vote by visiting Italy in person, you can do so. However, you have to communicate that to your consulate by December the 31st of, of the year preceding the election, if it's a natural election. So if it's the natural expiration of the uh, parliament. But if something comes up in the parliament, such as what happened recently with the prime minister stepping down and the population is called to vote for early elections, so unexpected elections, then in that situation, you can only communicate to the consulate your intention to vote uh, directly by going to Italy rather than through the mail only until the 10th day after the elections have been announced. And that would have been uh, July the 31st 
of 2022. Interesting. And then I also know that Italy has some pretty interesting rules when it comes to who can vote and at what age they can vote. Would you be able to clarify that and, and tell us a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So in Italy, you can vote for the chambers of deputies if you are 18 years old or older, but you can only vote for the Senate if you are at least 25 years old. That's fascinating about the difference in the age there. And I'm sure there's actually plenty more that we could get into and talk about when it comes to the Italian government, some of the parties that are out there. But I think this is actually a good place to end off this, this overview of what we've been talking about. So thank you so much, Marco, for making yourself available. But if anybody is interested in getting in contact with you and your team, how would they be able to do that? People can contact us through our website, italiancitizenshipassistance.com or give us a call, the number is on our website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content about Italian citizenship, figuring out how you can legally move to Italy or content like this about voting or some of the, the aspects of keeping up with uh, being a citizen of the nation of Italy, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel as well as the audio only podcast. But of course, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, then you're also automatically subscribed to the Italian real estate podcast, another project that Marco and I also collaborate on where we talk about renting, purchasing and different areas in the country that we would want to live in and really get into the nitty-gritty about how the process of purchasing property and how property works in Italy. So of course, also, if you're interested in content about life abroad, living abroad, or living abroad as an Italian dual citizen expat, be sure to also come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, or you can find my audio only podcast, Not Your Average Globetrotter, on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice. But Marco, Mr. Permunian, Thank you so much for making yourself available for this episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast made possible by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you. Thank you.